0: Hi Jana, welcome to Talking Roadmaps. Great to have you here. Um, as ever for everybody, we'd love it if you'd like, subscribe and hit that bell icon so that you uh, follow us and pick up when new things come up. And if you're interested in taking part in uh, one of these interviews or maybe a round table that we're gonna do about once a quarter, do get in touch below in the comments. Heck, add your comments anywhere. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what we're about. Jana, maybe you could uh, introduce yourself.
1: Hey, wonderful. Thanks so much for having me here, Phil. Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Jana Basto. Uh, you might know me as one of the founders of ProdPad. I'm the CEO there. Uh, originally, I was a product manager and needed tools to do my own job, and they simply didn't exist. So we built a tool that helps you make your roadmap and collect ideas and talk to your customers uh, and really just helps you as a product manager keep everything together and build the right stuff. And you also might know me as one of the founders of Mind the Product, which is the huge community of product people. So, really good to be here. Thanks so much for the invite. I'm excited to talk to you about roadmaps today.
0: Perfect, Jana. Yeah. <clears throat> when we uh, set up the, uh, when we started outlining our targets for people to talk to, you were pretty high up the list. And so, we're, we're really happy to have you here as I think our second external interview. So, uh, really great because I know you'll bring some great insights. Wonderful. So I guess I'll start with that core question of, in your head, what's the purpose of a roadmap?
1: Ah, such a good question. I mean, to me, a roadmap is meant to be a communication document, a strategic communication document. It's meant to align the team around what the steps are that you're going to be taking to meet that product vision that you should be outlining. Uh, It's there to help everyone understand where it is that you are now, where it is that you need to be in those next steps and where you want to be in the future. Uh, It's there to help you sense check if anybody's stepping off in the wrong direction.
0: Yeah, I mean, so you talked about the team. So who's the audience then? Is it purely internal or does it go beyond that?
1: Uh, Well, I think the roadmap has multiple purposes, right? I mean, I like to see the roadmap as this tool that helps you uh, check your assumptions about where it is that you're going, right? I don't see the roadmap as this tool that the product manager conjures up in their head and then just blasts out there and says, this is the plan everyone follow. I think the roadmap should be something that they share with their uh, immediate team members, their bosses and their immediate team members to say, hey, is this about what we discussed? Does this make sense based on the constraints that I understood, based on the inputs that you provided, based on you know what you see is technically possible, what you see is important to the business, what you see, what the customers are asking for, right? Talking to all those different uh, audience members, the different stakeholders that they have around them because ultimately the product manager's job is to communicate and the roadmap's job is a tool that helps them facilitate that that communication Uh, and uh, the roadmap then can also be used as uh, a tool to help communicate that vision and the strategic steps to the wider audiences including to customers right so it could be used to uh, show off where you think that you need to be going in terms of that wider strategy to customers and get their take as to whether it's actually in the right direction or not. Uh, because if you're able to show that roadmap to a whole bunch of your customers and they come back to you and say, "Hmm, this doesn't actually align with what we thought that your business was going towards," now if you hear that from one customer, you know, okay, take it with a pinch of salt. If you hear it from all your customers, maybe it's an indication that you're actually not hitting in the direction that the market actually needs you to. So your roadmap can be a really powerful tool to help check those assumptions that you'd laid out there for. Uh, on your roadmap uh, and help you make adjustments if needed.
0: Totally. we couldn't agree more. And I think you kind of already answered this one, but who owns and maintains it then? Is it the product manager or?
1: <laughs> Ideally, yeah. Um, the, the, there should be somebody who is uh, the product manager, somebody wearing that product manager hat within the business. Now, of course, not every business actually has a product manager, but every business has somebody who is wearing that hat, who is doing those product, is making those product management decisions in smaller businesses uh, or sometimes um, less formed product management uh, businesses. They don't necessarily have a product manager per se, but it's oftentimes a, a founder or somebody who has been in the early stages of that business making those product management decisions. but. But generally speaking, if you've got more than 10 or 20 people, you've got a product manager and you've got somebody who owns that roadmap and is uh, taking in all those different inputs and helping to uh, carve out those uh, those, the, those decisions, saying, based on all this information that we've got, based on what the customers need, what's technically possible, what the business needs, here's what I think is the best Set of steps we could take, and therefore this is what the roadmap could look like. Let's, you know, use this tool to uh, to adjust and uh, you know check that section. In fact, the right thing to do.
0: Cool. Yeah, I, I have to admit I agree wholeheartedly, and I guess yeah, you, you kind of hinted at, sometimes people are doing product management without being called one, um, which is uh, an interesting pattern I find in a number of especially older businesses where right. the concept of product management hasn't necessarily settled yet, even though they've got a big portfolio of products.
1: And, and this is often where product managers come from, right? Product managers don't always come from, or often usually don't come from, uh, uh, you know, training programs or from uh, 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 uh universities or they don't grow up. Um, you know, I, I didn't know that I wanted to be a product manager when I grew up. Uh, you know, people don't uh, go into it saying this is where I'm heading. Uh, oftentimes, there's Uh, just a ton of people who end up uh, adopting this job because no one else was doing it. Um, But there's always someone who has to do this job because product decisions need to be made by someone. And so if you're that person making those product decisions and you recognize yourself in all these product management talks and all this stuff that you're reading and hearing about, if you see yourself as a product manager, maybe not by title, but by everything else, then maybe start talking to your boss and talking to your team and start saying, maybe can i get that title of product manager maybe can i become a product manager maybe this is a path that does make sense for me if it is something that i'm doing already and i'm enjoying
0: yeah i mean it's definitely how i fell into product management the business i was part of was acquired and we yeah. had a portfolio of products and someone from the leadership team needed to be the product manager to the broader new organization it fell on my shoulders
1: right and an yeah, accidental definitely... product manager yeah, well, <laughs> like like the best of us, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely, absolutely.
0: So, what about vision, strategy, objectives? How do they relate to our product roadmap?
1: Ah, right. I mean, these are all sort of foundational building blocks for your roadmap. I mean, if you don't have a product vision, if your company doesn't have a product vision or a company vision. You're not going to get far with the roadmap, because honestly, your roadmap at that point in time can point in any direction. And fundamentally, it's right because, you know, you could go in any direction and it's going in the right direction or wrong direction. It doesn't really matter. Right. So you need to stop at that point in time and say, hey, where is it we're trying to get to? Because, you know, I could point us anywhere and it's more or less the the correct way. Um, You don't want to waste your team's time by sending them off in any direction. You want to point them in the right direction. So you've got to make that call and say, hey, I don't actually understand the vision. Uh, the rest of the team doesn't understand the vision. Let's make a stop here. And a quick way to check that is to go around the team and ask people, what do you think the vision is? Right? How would you, how would you talk about the vision? And ask one person, and then ask the next person, and the next person, and the next person. And if they all come up with fundamentally different things, which oftentimes you find that they will, You've probably got a problem here where the company or the product vision hasn't been articulated um, or hasn't been even defined by upper management, by the founders or by, uh, you know, whoever it is who needs to be doing so. And you as the product person can have quite a lot of sway in helping the execs and the team actually stop and make those uh, 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 steps happen. And once you've actually got that, you can start breaking that down and saying, OK, so now that we know what the vision is, what about our objectives? Like, What does good look like? How do we know that we're moving in the right direction? What, what, what would make you happy as a, as a business person here, right? Uh, are we looking to get revenue first? Or are we looking to get user growth first? What's the overall business plan here? And again, if they can't articulate that, you've probably got a business that isn't well-defined and you need the execs in your team to define that. Uh, work with them and uh, try to help them pin that down, try to get them to pin it down. on how much sway and how big the business is. Uh, And again, this is where you might want to uh, start asking about the strategy. Okay, so if you think that we want to go for this first and then that later, well, let's start talking about the steps we're going to take to get there. And that's your strategy, right? Your strategy is essentially what's unique about your business compared to other businesses out there that you could take advantage of and in what order and what sort of steps are you going to take to take advantage of those steps, um, take advantage of those differences uh, to to meet that vision that you've outlined. And your roadmap really, at the end of the day, is just an articulation of that vision. Uh, Sorry, uh, just an articulation of those steps, right? To meet that vision. So the roadmap really is nothing if you don't have clarity on what the vision is, clarity on what the objectives are, and clarity on um, what that strategy could be, right? The roadmap itself is a tool to help you lay out those those pieces to help you give that clarity around that strategy but you can't do that if you don't actually know what success looks like or what that vision is or what you're heading towards because otherwise your roadmap could be anybody else's roadmap it could be your competitor's roadmap it could be a roadmap for a completely different type of company if you don't know what it is you're building towards
0: totally i mean i always think i often think of the metaphor of a uh, of a roadmap is a bit problematic because a roadmap doesn't actually give us a destination. It doesn't tell us how to get there. It shows us all the options. Um, right. When in reality, what we're really looking for is a route plan, maybe with a compass on there, and it's the, the roadmap almost becomes the sat-nav maybe for how I'm getting to that destination, giving me some right. guidance. But I might still choose to change my mind on the route because I know a better way than the sat-nav even thinks of.
1: Well, and this is the problem when people think about a roadmap in terms of a map map because when you're building a product you're not it's not like driving from uh from LA to Sacramento right you're not going some known route where there is a best path there's a fastest path or the, the scenic route right you're not trying to decide as to which one of those you're going to be taking you are entering uncharted territory you're leaving one place and you are moving into space that no one else has ever moved into you are building a product that no one else has actually built before. People may have built products like yours, but never quite the same way. Otherwise, why are you building it, right? It's, that's not what you're doing. You're building into uncharted territory. So it's like you've landed on a new shore and yeah. you have. You can see that there's a hill in the distance, You know, a gold topped mountain that you wanna reach. You can see that there's resources along the way. You can see that there's a, a, a murky swamp. That's probably gonna you know, cause some problems along the way. Um, you can see there's some immediate problems. Like there's a bear that's just come out of the, the woods on the beach, right? There's like immediate things in front of you. There's things off in the distance, but you don't actually know what the best path is to get there. Um, and what you actually have are the resources on hand and the people that you have in your team. And you've got to pick a path and you've got to decide which way you're going to head. Are you gonna go that way or that way or that way? And you've got to decide as to, what you're going to do. And there is, you can't pull out your phone and pull up SATNAV and go, oh, the path is that way. No one has yeah. built this. No one has gone that way. So you've got to think about, well, if our team could, uh, you know, maybe um, stand on each other's shoulders and look as far as they could out that way, they could figure out that maybe the best path is if we veer around the, the bear problem, then we could cross the swamp and we could go that way. Or we could attack the bear problem and avoid the swamp, and that allows us to you know, hit that thing that we see over there, which could give us more resources, right? So it allows you to think about what resources your team has, what's unique about what you have as a company, and what you can see. And as you build um, momentum, as you gather more resources, as you collect more team members along this journey, as you collect more resources along this journey, you're gonna have more and more kits, more and more team members, so you'll be able to see further and further in advance and be able to map out your path in better better ways, right? So a brand new company can barely see through like, the you know the immediate term, whereas a much better equipped company can see much further out. They've got a bigger team, they can stand on each other's shoulders and they've got kit that can look further ahead, they can x-ray through the forest. There's a lot more that they can see, which is why the roadmaps tend to be much more complex and much more advanced than say some new company just building their first MVP. So I like I thinking love about You've the just
0: essentially turned roadmapping into a forex gaming experience. <laughs>
1: It is, yeah. You know, it's it's much less of a uh, you know a you know a, a road tripping travel thing, and much more of an adventure. And it is right. We're all building into something that's much more of an adventurous thing than it is like a simple drive down to uh, you know some some new city somewhere.
0: If I, yeah, I kind of just reflecting on what you said, even if we were trying to copy the competitors, I forget whose quote it is, but it's like, we're all in perfect copy. So even if we try to do the same with them, we do it subtly differently. Yeah. And yeah, so we're going to find that we end up in a slightly different place. Yes. Yeah, great, great metaphors, great analogies. And So, so kind of, we talked about strategy and objectives as things around a roadmap. What other artifacts do we find around it that might kind of Interrelates, be confused with it, et cetera?
1: So the roadmap is uh, a great tool for teams who want to be able to communicate the steps that they're going to take to uh, meet their uh, product vision, but it's not to be confused with their OKRs. You know, a lot of teams tend to think about whether they uh, need to be doing roadmaps or OKRs. Um, And uh, my argument is actually that you should have both, because they actually represent two different areas. So for example, your um, uh, OKRs represent your objectives, right, it's like what success looks like. And these are often time-bound, measurable uh, goals. And what you're basically saying with your OKRs are things like, you know, we want to um, hit this user growth metric and we're gonna spend the next quarter focusing on this user growth metric. And the roadmap reflects that by saying, here are, let's say two to three initiatives we're gonna tackle that we think are going to try to um, improve our user growth metrics. And within those user growth um, initiatives, there are maybe five experiments each so we got 15 different experiments we think we're going to run. Now, because we're focusing on that objective for the quarter, the company is basically saying we're going to commit, we're going to budget one quarter worth of our time and our money into this. So that appeases the executives. They love that. They love being able to put things in nice little boxes and know what they're actually going to be doing with their, with their okay. budget, with their money. So they're able to say, hey, the team costs a million dollars a year, we're going to budget a quarter of that, a quarter million dollars, into solving this one problem. Cool. The the product team is able to say, great, we've got a quarter million dollars. We've got a quarter to go focus on this problem. So let's come up with as many experiments as we can and try to do as many of them as we can before the quarter is up. Now, they don't know how many they're going to be able to do. It might be 20. It might be 10. It might be 50. It might be five, right? It depends on how fast the team's able to go, how quickly and easily those experiments run, so many other factors, right? But basically they're gonna do as many of those things as they can because hopefully they've got a quick iterative process and they've got um, a good uh, development process that allows them to get things out quickly. And let's say they get 15 experiments out and there are still five left on the roadmap. At the end of that quarter, they've done 15 experiments, some of which have failed spectacularly, some of which has succeeded, right? So they've learned a bunch of ways not to improve user growth, but they've learned a few ways to improve user growth. And they're able to report back to their board at the end of it saying, hey, look, we improved user growth by 10% this quarter. Look at the numbers. And we also found a bunch of ways of not doing it. Um, Now, what would you like to do next quarter? Would you like us to invest the next quarter in more user growth? Because we could think of another 20 experiments we could try to run. Or would you like to invest it in something else like revenue? Maybe we could come up with 20 experiments in revenue we can improve revenue by 20% or 10% or whatever. And what they're basically doing is saying, you tell us what objectives and what that looks like, right? What that looks like for the business, what's important to the business in terms of success metrics, and then give us space, give us the autonomy to figure out how we'll go about doing that. And then we'll run as many experiments as we can And by doing so, you actually give the teams the best of both worlds, both the direction and the alignment that they need, as well as the autonomy, the ability to run forward and just try things and the safety so they can try things, right? Um, And this is how you see teams really, really crushing it, really succeeding with um, hitting their numbers and um, uh, uh, um, uh, staying lean even as they grow.
0: Cool. Yeah. I, I love that. I mean, I've things like the Teresa opportunity solution trees, so like I'm trying to relate that into roadmaps myself these days, like, cause they kind of right. can sit next to each other, but it's then you're kind of making that, okay, what am I doing? What order kind of starts to fall onto the roadmap, for example, right. perhaps. Yeah. But yeah. It's, I'm, uh,
1: I'm a big fan of the yeah. opportunity solution tree. It uh, maps really well with the lean roadmap format of, uh, uh, like the, the the now, next, later format and the lean format of the roadmap. Because what the opportunity solution tree is, it's essentially a way of uh, mapping out your, uh, your opportunities, right, saying here are the different things that we could do, the, the different problems that we have out there, the different opportunities we could take advantage of. And then within those, the different potential solutions. And the idea here is that you wanna make sure that for each opportunity, you are mapping out at least three to five potential solutions. So you're not falling in love with any one particular solution, right? Uh, Teresa Torres is the person who came up with this opportunity solution tree and she uh, mentions that it's, a, it's sort of a red flag if you've only got one particular solution to any one um, uh, opportunity, because at that point in time, it's an indication that you've probably fallen in love with that one solution and you're not thinking outside that box. You may have been blinded by the, uh, the one solution. So, it helps you think outside that and say, actually, let's make sure you've got multiple solutions, right? And by solutions, you know, um, the way that I like to think about them is um, experiments, because some experiments might be, um, you know, feature based solutions, but some of them might be things that are like, well, actually, you know, don't just build a feature. What about what if the solution is to take away a feature or change a feature or not even feature related? It could be something like, um, now change the way we talk about it on the homepage, right? Change the positioning or the pricing or the packaging yep. in some ways. So by solution, it doesn't necessarily mean build new code, right? It doesn't mean add something to the, 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 the app. It means um, change something, iterate something. Uh, and solution is pretty Solve wide brush. Yeah, but the other key thing with the opportunity solution tree is that the opportunities come first. Right. And this is the same with any sort of lean roadmap format, is that your opportunities or your problems come first, as opposed to your solutions that come first. So many teams get tied up in this one faux pas, which is this obsession with uh, prioritizing at the idea level. Right. So they take all the solutions, all the things they could do, and then they try to come up with like a weighted scoring algorithm, you know, like rice or ice or, you know, like a um, uh, stack ranking or, you know, all these different ways of trying to say, well, we've got 200 things and therefore based on this algorithm, computer says, or alg- the spreadsheet says, these are the top 20 things to go work on. And they go r- work on those 20 things. What's missing there is that you've got this, you're losing this context of well, what are the most important problems and why the opportunity solution tree makes you take a step back and say, well, here are the big opportunities. Let's focus on those things. Let's prioritize those. Uh, a good roadmap makes you take a step back and say, here are the big opportunities or problems, right? In, pro- in pad terms, we call them uh, initiatives, right? So you prioritize at the initiative level. Uh, and what you're actually really doing is when you're reprioritizing those initiatives, you're making bigger um, uh, product, more impactful product decisions. Right, you're not getting lost in whether one thing is more important than the other. You're actually uh, deciding as to whether something's going to have a bigger impact on the business and prioritizing at that level. Um, and the other problem with trying to do these weighted scoring algorithms and getting lost in these little tiny details is you're taking the um, uh, taking these sort of scores where you run into. Uh, somebody saying, well, this is, you know, weighted, uh, sorry, this is a score of 50 out of 100. This is a score of 60 out of 100. Um, Let's take these two numbers, which are both guesstimates, and we're going to multiply them together based on this algorithm. Well, if you take two guesstimates and multiply them together, they become even bigger guesstimates. And now you're taking those numbers and you're comparing them against each other. So now you've got a whole bunch of really fuzzy guesstimates and you're comparing them together (laughs) to get this list. What you end up with it's just this jumble of things that people then take as like this this holy list, like this is the order to do things. And you're like, is it really though? Or have you just really come up with something that's that that that's tying you into a way of working that doesn't necessarily make sense? Right? Take a step yeah. back and really think about whether it's solving the right problems or not.
0: Yeah, and I guess. The one time I've seen those sorts of schemes work is just kind of helping an alignment, but I guess so. it's agreeing with principles on how you're going to step back and think it. But you kind of, you've kind of gone into something that I, I, I'd always like to ask about, biggest mistakes and anti-patterns. Do you have a pet hate of something to see on a roadmap, though?
1: Um, yeah, my pet hate on roadmaps is a timeline at the top. Um, The reason reason there's a problem with the timeline, it's a little bit like a math chart, right? Because if you have a timeline at the top, what it does, it, it, it assumes that everything underneath that timeline has a due date and a duration. Right. So uh, that timeline is always a steady state. Everything underneath it has a due date integration. So it's like the X axis versus the Y axis, which is the things to do. And so no matter what you put under that roadmap, where you place it under that roadmap dictates how long it's going to take and where uh, um, uh, and in what order you're meant to do it, which would be fine if you've got a really fixed plan, project plan. But that's not what we have. Again, we're talking about uncharted territory and the things that are in the very near term. Oftentimes we do have that level of granularity, but the further out you plan, the more we're honestly making it up. And sometimes these roadmaps need to stretch out. We need to articulate problems that exist 12 months or even further out um, because we know about problems that exist, but we we don't necessarily have a due date for it. I mean, you don't even know how big your team's going to be in December this year, let alone how fast you're able to deliver on it. So we need to be able to provide that level of granularity um, or difference in granularity where things that are in the current term right now are more granular and things that are further out are much more fuzzy. So by ditching that timeline and moving to time horizons, so these this concept of three or more buckets, right, this now, next and later, it allows you to say, if something has a date, put it on the card itself, put it on the initiative itself and say, this one has a due date because it's a regulatory date, right, this thing, the law is coming to effect here. And this one has a due date because it is strategically important. If we miss this date, we miss the Christmas rush and therefore we're in trouble, right? So these ones are fixed things on the roadmap. We're going to communicate those in place on the roadmap. Everything else is pretty fuzzy, right? And that way we, we, we don't necessarily have to put dates on them. We can just put them on the roadmap and then allow them to sit between these other pieces without necessarily penalizing ourselves by having everything with a date. So by removing the timeline, it allows us to move from being a hundred percent date driven, feature driven team uh, way of working to a much more lean team way of working.
0: I So I think we've kind of naturally answered there. You know, the, what are the key elements on a roadmap? What's best practice on a roadmap? As well as the negative side, which I always like to ask about. And it probably, I guess I can take it as a given. What's your favorite tool for visualizing roadmaps? I'm going <laughs> to guess ProdPad. Well, you
1: might say something different. uh, I mean, I'm going to have to give a shout out for ProdPad. Um, You know, years ago there were no tools for uh, for for visualizing a roadmap. There, there, we were stuck with. doing stuff in PowerPoint and Excel, and myself and my co-founder ended up building roadmap to solve that problem. Uh, But honestly, I mean, if you're just starting off with something, I honestly recommend just using something as simple as post-it notes. Um, Don't try to get too caught up in making the perfect looking roadmap. Just honestly write down what problems you think exist and placing them in post-it notes uh, and something really simple and just saying, I think it goes problem A, problem B, problem C, in that order, and then check it with somebody else and say, you agree, am I more or less on the right path? Don't try to get caught up in trying to create this uh, ideal looking, perfect, beautiful roadmap that impresses everybody. What you're trying to do is just check your assumptions really early on before you get into the details before you get into trying to come up with solutions to those problems, before you try to get into um, deciding you know who might be working on those problems, all that sort of detail. Um, just start with something super basic and then work your way up from there.
0: Cool. Great advice. So whose advice do you listen to when it comes to roadmaps? <laughs>
1: I love this question. Uh, I have always listened to product people. I mean, I've got a great product person on my team, uh, but I also have the benefit of being able to talk to literally thousands of product people who use ProdPad and who I talk to through my my product connections. Um, I'm constantly learning from product people to figure out what their best practices are and how they do road mapping. People come and talk to me all the time about how uh, they've been doing road mapping, what works for them and all that sort of stuff. Uh, And I've been adjusting my way of working based on what I've been hearing works out there Um, i run things called roadmap clinics which is like a like a therapy session but for your roadmap you know people come to me with their roadmaps and say okay well you know love the new approach love doing the now next later but how do i move to it you know and they'll show me their their timeline roadmap and i'll talk them through or they'll say hey i've got i've been trying to move to this now next later but i've run into this tricky stakeholder And I'll talk them through that, right? So I get a chance to talk to literally thousands of product people um, and uh, get their insights. Um, And, uh, you know, ProdPad wouldn't be where it is today if we hadn't listened to uh, early feedback from product people to understand how things work.
0: Cool. And I don't think we actually explicitly sort of spelt it out, but your claim to fame is being the creator of the Now Next and Later roadmap format, (laughs) I believe, as well
1: yeah absolutely so yeah some some history behind that myself and my uh uh, co-founder um basically what had happened the first version of prodpad was actually a gantt chart a timeline roadmap builder because when i was a product manager myself i needed a roadmap builder and my uh, uh, uh we built uh prodpad to do just that and you know, back then I would build a roadmap and I would show it to my boss and I'd get a little pat on the head and be told, yeah, this is great, go deliver. Now I thought it was just me who couldn't deliver a full roadmap. I thought that's just my project management failings, but I figured all the other project product managers out there could. So, you know, I assumed that it was all good, but it wasn't until we started sharing ProdPad with a wider group of people, right? Beyond just solving our own problems uh, that um, uh, we started getting really interesting feedback because the early version of ProdPad was shared with some fellow product people, and they loved it at first. But the first feedback came back and they started saying, this is cool, but I want to be able to take my my ideas that are on the roadmap, and I want to push them out by a month. And so we went, oh, well, that's interesting, right? Now, if I just followed my customer feedback blindly, I would have had like a multi-select and move by one month feature or maybe like an automatic move by one month feature that you just press every month because no one was delivering the feedback or their, their their ideas every month. Um, but what I did was I asked those five whys and I just got down into it, discovered that no one was delivering the roadmap every month consistently, it wasn't just me. And so I started really digging in and uh, figuring out that if no one was delivering their roadmap, what's the point of a timeline roadmap? A roadmap that has you know, month by month, week by week, date driven things if everything has to be pushed out every month, right? what's the point of this? So myself and Simon sat down and asked ourselves, well, what does a roadmap look like if it doesn't have a timeline? And we came up with this concept of three buckets, these time horizons, and this current near term future kind of concept. And that was where the lean roadmap format was uh, was born. Uh, That was in, uh 2012, we launched it out there. And uh instantly you could just see this big reaction from the community where they went, This is awesome. I can now roadmap, but I don't have to worry about having to put dates on everything. I can just work more much more flexibly.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, it's very reminiscent of McKinsey's three horizons sort of a kind of concept in terms of strategic level road mapping, and yeah, yeah and, and kind of resonates well with me in, the, in that same space, yeah. thinking about kind of True innovation, and not which doesn't necessarily mean you're not working on some of the stuff in the far right hand column. In fact, you might have to be working on it for it to pay off in the longer term. Sometimes, but kind of identifying this is what's the the key focus right now.
1: And that's exactly it, right? It's these strategic horizons. It's the, the ability to keep your eye on what's in the far distance, right? Make sure everyone understands where you're all heading, but at the same time keep your eye on what's important and what's, you know, that 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 uh, there's that immediate problems right in front of you so you don't lose uh, sight on those as well.
0: Perfect. So, Jana, if I was to ask you to sum up your philosophy on roadmapping in one or two sentences, what would it be?
1: It's uh, a good one. I would say that roadmapping is a prototype for your strategy. So if I could... Uh, Describe that a little bit more. Um, prototyping is a tool, is a, is a process that we're all very familiar with. Uh, the designers in us are all very familiar with. It's the idea of fleshing something out as uh, sketching something out really, really simply before you run off and do something, you know, really drastic. You wouldn't just take a, um, a first, uh, an idea and just run to the engineering team and tell them to go build it. You would first sketch it out on a piece of paper and then show it to people and say, hey, here's some things that I've been thinking. What do you think? And you'd take their feedback and they'd probably tell you things like, oh, I don't quite get it. Maybe if you change this copy or added a button here, it'd be better. And you take that feedback on board and you make a new version of that prototype and you go back and get more feedback and more feedback and more do more prototypes. And the more feedback you get and the more prototypes you do, the more likely that the um, the thing that you're building is to solve the problem that you set it out to do. So the prototyping is a really, really powerful process. The prototype itself is not the powerful thing. The prototype gets thrown out. That first prototype was terrible. Just like your first roadmap is going to be terrible, right? Your first roadmap is gonna be a really bad articulation of your strategy. It's your first assumptions of what your strategy is, but you're supposed to put it out there and say, hey, I've talked to you, 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 and you, and I think our strategy is this. And everyone's gonna go, no, you missed it. I think it's supposed to be this, 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 then the other you go okay that's interesting let's switch that around is this better well actually no i think it now needs to go like this 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 and then the other thing okay we're getting closer and so by taking something really simple again a roadmap on post-it notes something really really simple you can just start bashing apart your assumptions and getting early people on board, your, your immediate team members, your bosses, your, you know, your, your tech leads, your people who are supposed to be intimately involved with what your, your product uh, strategy is, uh, on board with your core strategy before you start committing way too much time deciding as to you know what the solutions are going to be and who's going to be working on it and when these things are due, all that stuff is secondary to understanding what the core strategy is, which is, what are the big steps we need to take and in what sort of order? So, I would call it your roadmap prototype for your strategy.
0: Sure. It's a little bit like the the kind of old quote of a plan is useless, but planning is invaluable. It's kind of we're figuring things out. We're kind of, and you yeah. know, we, we might, the pro, roadmap itself isn't there, but the th- act of thinking it through to get there and really know what what we need to do is really useful your road
1: your roadmap is useless but road mapping is really powerful
0: here's your chance pitch prod pad
1: Ah, excellent. Thanks. So, uh, ProdPad is a tool that was built by myself and my co-founder, Simon. We are uh, product managers ourselves, and it's essentially a tool that allows you to build your roadmap. It's a lean now, next, later formatter roadmap that connects to your OKRs. You can manage your OKRs in ProdPad. You can capture ideas from your team, and you can capture feedback from your customers and use it to close the loop with your customers. So it's a space that allows you to uh, see what your customers have been asking for, what your team has been talking about, uh, and tie it all together with your roadmap strategy and see it all in one big picture.
0: Perfect. And we'll put some links below here in Great. the on the podcast uh, or the, the YouTube channel so that people can uh, come and find it and find your site. Jana, wonderful having you today. Having you here today, thank you for all your time. Thank you for all your thoughts. It's been great talking to you and uh, getting your thoughts on road mapping. Just a reminder to everyone out there in the audience do like, subscribe, hit that bell icon so that you uh, get told when there's new interesting comment, uh, content. We've got a whole raft of uh, interesting other product people coming up thought leaders, experts, practitioners. So, uh, really be interested to hear from you. If you're interested in taking part, we'd love to hear from you as well. Thanks again, Jana.
1: Wonderful, thanks so much for having me, Phil.